Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Let's read God's Word. 1 Kings 13, verse 1. And behold, a man of God went from Judah to Bethel by the word of the Lord. And Jeroboam stood by the altar of the burnt incense. Then he cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord, behold, a child, Josiah by name, shall be born of the house of David, and on you he shall sacrifice the priests of the high places who burn incense on you, and men's bones shall be burned on you. And he gave a sign on that same day, saying, and this will be a sign of the Lord has spoken, surely the altar shall split apart, and the ashes shall be poured out on it. So it came to pass, verse 4, when the king Jeroboam heard the sayings of the man of God who cried out against the altar at Bethel, that he stretched out his hand from the altar, saying, arrest him. This is the king saying, arrest the prophet. Then his hand, which he stretched out towards him, withered so that he could not pull it back to himself. And the altar was split apart, and the ashes poured out of the altar according to the sign which the man of God had given him the word of the Lord. Then the king answered and said to the man of God, Please entreat the favor of the Lord our God and pray for me that my hand may be restored. So, so the man of God entreated the Lord, and the king's hand was restored to him and became as before. Father, we thank you. Move in power. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. It is absolutely imperative that we speak. I had a problem, a challenge, I should say. It's not really a problem. In fact, problems are challenges that if you overcome, then you get promoted. So I had a disagreement with a pastor friend of mine. And it took a few conversations to get through it. We had a disagreement because there was a misunderstanding. The misunderstanding was something that I had to talk to. I, I, listen, I'm responsible for what comes in my hearing. I'm responsible for what I preach and teach to you. So if something happens that is contrary to God's word, I have to speak up. I don't let things happen in my family that are contrary to God's word. I'm going to correct. I'm going to instruct. I'm going to lovingly rebuke. And the truth is, I want friends around me, real friends, will lovingly correct you, lovingly rebuke you, and, and give you the word. You who are spiritual should restore such a one. So if you have a bunch of yes men around you, that's not going to help you if you head off a cliff and, and the Lord's trying to stop you and everybody's like, oh, no, go ahead. Whatever the Lord says... And it's not whatever, sometimes you don't hear right. And thank God for people who will stop people on the road to destruction. Thank God for the pit that's in front of us that, that God will allow us to be hindered by so we can come to our senses. So as I talked with this brother, this pastor, we had it out. I mean, I mean like having it out. And in the end, we came to understanding. There's some misunderstanding. He had some misunderstanding. We talked and we came to a resolution to uh, perhaps agree to disagree on one particular issue that does not break fellowship. There's certain things that break fellowship, like destroy the Godhead. We have a major problem. We're not eating, eating together. I'm not talking about someone who's an unbeliever. I'm talking about someone who's a believer. 
You start destroying the Godhead, start, start becoming apostate and endorsing that which God says is wrong. We have a problem, and that's going to break fellowship. You understand? So it wasn't, it wasn't like that. We got through those issues. There was potentially some of those, but those got resolved. And so then we just have an agree. We disagreed to, we agreed to disagree. But we resolved it. Why? Because we talked. I'm telling you, you have to learn to speak. And in Scripture, you will see that God uses his people not only to speak to people, to convert them, to bring them into salvation, to declare the way of the Lord, but he uses God's people to speak to government. Are you getting political? We have been. We won't stop. And you'll see Old Testament examples of this. And so I want to encourage you for these next moments about not, don't lose your voice. Don't lose your voice and don't be intimidated. Don't ever be intimidated to speak the truth. That precious 14-year-old kid in the sauna would have continued it. You know, he never took the Lord's name in vain again. Why? Because I told him, Jesus Christ is my best friend. Watch your mouth. You know, when I was a kid and we were in school, you didn't ever talk about somebody's mother unless you want to fight. So everything was like, you'd make fun of me. You can call you can call me fat. You can call me skinny. You can call me ugly. But you talk about my mom, I'm going to punch your face. You know what I mean? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Moms were off limits. I don't know how it is now, but that was years ago. So it was like, it was almost like the switch. If you really want to have a fight with somebody, just say something about his mother. And all the mam said, amen. In the Old Testament, this unnamed prophet, we don't know his name. He carries the word of the Lord, and I'll just say this, that the word of the Lord will move you. You don't want to miss this conference. All the evenings are open to the public. The day sessions are not. You have to register. Somebody said, well, I don't want to pay for a prophetic word. Oh, slap yourself. If you think we're charging for a prophetic word, you could go somewhere else. The cost of the conference is very high. We're flying in prophets from all over the world, and they will come in and prophesy. So the expense of the conference isn't even fully covered by by our charging of what we're charging. So uh, don't, don't get all bent out of shape about that. But you can come to the evening sessions. The word of the Lord will be released next weekend. Next weekend, it starts Friday night. Next Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday, Sunday night, Monday, Monday night, and the word of the Lord will be released. And when the word of the Lord is released, as it has been for now, I think it's 15 or 16 years, I have to... Uh, I, have to, I have to count and figure out how many years we've been having that here. 20, 25, 24 years in, some, in other locations. When the word of the Lord comes to you, it will move you. It will move you from Texas to Alaska. When the word of the Lord comes, it'll move you from Alaska to Texas. The, when, when God speaks to you, it moves you out of where you are, and that's what happens. God speaks to him, and he can't deny it. It's like the word of the Lord moved, sent the man of God from Judah to Bethel. And so he goes, and he's carrying this powerful word against the king. It took some guts, but God was with him. And I found that when we hear God's word and we obey and we move forward in boldness, it is then that God releases miracle power. And the same is true for you. That's how we're moving into this building here eventually when we finish it up. That's how we've had finances. Has it been challenging? Yes. 
It has. And God has shown himself strong and, and revealed issues on the inside of us and our organization that needs to change. And he's constantly speaking, constantly touching us, constantly helping us and moving us from one place. Come on, the kingdom of God always moves forward. But you need the word of the Lord to do it. And it takes guts and it takes prayer. It, don't, don't stop speaking. Don't stop decreeing. Don't stop proclaiming. I don't know what has brought you into this service this morning. But God wants to encourage you and help you. You might find yourself in great difficulty in your marriage, in your finances, in your own emotions. You might find yourself in great need. I want to tell you that if you've come to this house today, that God is going to help you, he's going to encourage you, he's going to strengthen you, he's going to heal you because that's what God does. You look at the incident Many, there's many incidents. But Daniel is one of my favorite ones, as I'll reference now, Daniel 5. Daniel is used to speak to kings. In fact, over multiple leaders, he was a, a counselor. And in Daniel 5, Nebuchadnezzar is gone, and Balthazar, which is the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar, is now in charge. Nebuchadnezzar is the one who became the first werewolf. How many of you know, how many of you know that, right? He has a dream, and he, and he sees this, you know, without getting into it, it's very profound, but he makes this idol for everybody to bow down and worship. And it wasn't about that at all. And so Daniel tried to help him, and, gave, and God gave Nebuchadnezzar 12 months to repent, but he doesn't. God will always give a period of time for the grace and for repentance. He always does it. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And so Nebuchadnezzar doesn't repent. And so judgment comes on Nebuchadnezzar. His nails grow. He scarfs at the grass. He's got long hair. And he's sweating all the time. He's, he's, he's crazy. And then after seven years, he comes to. And when he comes to, he's like, Whoa, the Lord, he's God. And he becomes a believer. Nebuchadnezzar becomes a believer, but he's gone now. And now the grandson. And I, I want to say that you might be on fire, but you be sure to pour into your children. You be sure to pour into your grandkids. You be sure to declare, to model, to speak. It takes a village to raise a child. It's, a, it's a, an old saying in a wonderful book. So now Balthazar is the king, and he's partying down. He throws the biggest party you could possibly imagine. They had peacocks that would pull carts of appetizers around. They had, they had a, uh, it is said by historians that in Babylon, they had a banquet hall that was well over a mile long. You could have chariot races on the wall that surrounded Babylon, you could have chariot races. That's how wide it was. It was considered impossible to defeat the city of Babylon. But on this night, where all of these people are gathered and all, he invites everybody, and it's just everybody's getting drunk. Every, I mean, it's just this crazy scene. Balthazar just takes it one more step. And he says, you know something? Bring the articles of the house of the Lord. They bring the articles of the house of the Lord and they, they begin to drink from them. And an, an, a hand without an arm 
appears and begins to write on the wall. Everyone sees it and they're totally freaked out. His knees are having fellowship one with another. And it really is a fulfillment of Isaiah and 45 and about Cyrus and, and how that he will loose the kings and they will not be able to gird their loins. It's this prophetic fulfillment 90 years prior. Amazing prophetic word that this one Cyrus would come. And so they don't know what it means. And so Balthazar is, calls on everybody and nobody knows what it means. All of their witchcraft, all of their soothsayers, nobody can understand what the language is. And I'm going to tell you that our nation has handwriting on the wall. And there are many that would try to use stars and astrology and, you know, what sign are you? I had somebody say to me, you know, we've entered into the season of the Capricorn. I just wanted to, like, shut, seriously. You need to cap that, Mr. Capricorn. And your unicorn, too. And it's only because of a lack of discipleship and it's only because a church has not spoken. It's only because a church has not been on fire that you have people bowing down to a unicorn, if I could just say it like that. And so this hand appears and writes on the wall and nobody can figure it out. And, and I think it's Balthazar's mother. I need to go look. Daniel 5. And he says, oh, there's, a, there's one. There's, there's, there's a, you, you probably don't know who he is, but uh, Daniel. I, he's well into his 80s at this point. Have served and he's not at the party. Notice, if you go look at this, Daniel's not there. Why? Because the people of God aren't going to be partying like that. Aren't going to be participating like that. They call Daniel. Daniel comes and he says, yeah, all right. Balthazar says, I'll give you up to half of my kingdom. I'll give you. He says, you can keep your gifts, but I'll tell you what it says. Mene, many, which is you've been weighed. You've been found lacking. Tequila praisem. Many, many tequila praisem is what it says. A handwriting wall. That expression, the handwriting wall, comes from this text. You've been weighed. You've been found lacking. And this night, the kingdom will be taken from you. And it is that night that they, while that's all happening at the exact same time, the fulfillment of Isaiah comes to pass. They divert, according to one Historian, they divert the Euphrates and they go under on dry ground, enter on into the city and take Babylon, a city that was impossible to take, and they wipe it out. And the children of God eventually are released by the decree of Cyrus to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. Daniel spoke. This unnamed prophet spoke. Jeremiah was another one. Jeremiah was another one. Jeremiah chapter 20, he's beaten and put in prison because he would speak, because he would confront, because he would stand. Listen, if we don't stand now, I'm just telling you, how, how do we stand? I'm, I'm gonna get there, but if we don't stand now, we're not even gonna have a nation. What does that mean? It's easy to just say, well, it's just out there and those guys, but really it's here. We talked about breaking the strongholds of a nation and then... Uh, you know, sucker punched you basically to say the strongholds are in you. So if you heal though, you get those healed and broken and the nation gets free. It's so easy to point the finger. Well, if they just, yes, well, you are they. So how about you live it? You, 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 come on, somebody say amen. amen. Jeremiah chapter 20, 
verse 7, Oh, Lord, you induced me, and I was persuaded. You are stronger than I and have prevailed. I am in derision daily, says Jeremiah. Everyone mocks me. For when I spoke, I cried out. I shouted violence and plunder because the word of the Lord was made to me a reproach and a derision daily, verse 9 of Jeremiah 20. Then I said, I will not make mention of his name, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding back, and I could not. I'm telling you, when God comes to visit you in a fresh way, and your eyes are open to the reality of the kingdom of God, the reality of the hour in which we live, when you study the book of Revelation, have the other book of Daniel in your hand, and when you read the two, and you start looking at where we're at, and how we're just right there, we have the, we have the technology to give the mark of the beast. And actually, there's machines that are called the beast in Switzerland, different places. It's unusual the amount of prophetic fulfillment right now, but so many people don't have the word. Can I preach in here? So many people don't have the word in them like a fire. So they're just like, well, you know, well, I'm just, you know, and just turn the other. I don't want to cause any ripples. You better start talking. You better start causing rippling or otherwise you'll be shackled and chained and take the mark and didn't even know you took it. That's how it'll happen. I listen. I believe that I'm not afraid. I'm on fire. God's done something to me. I can't go back. What am I going to go back to? There's nothing but dead men's bones. There's no help. There's no strength. God's word burns in me like a fire. He has visited me. He set me free. It's too late to tell me it's, it's just religion. He delivered me by a strong hand. He snatched me like a stick. Of, hey, he snatched me like a stick from a fire, and he did it for you too. You would have been dead, but God rescued you. God delivered you, and he called you for this time. He called you for this hour. Not to be silent. Don't let anybody take your voice. Don't let anybody tell you to shut up. Come on, let's have a praise break. Jeremiah 27, a mob arrests him and wants to kill him. Jeremiah 37, he's beaten and he's put in prison. Jeremiah 38, he's lowered down into a cistern. He said, I can't help. No matter what you do to me, I have to declare it. because In fact, he tries to not preach. Some of you might understand that. You start getting persecuted by your family, and you're like, I don't want to talk about that anymore. You know, I just don't. I'm just sick of the conflict. But then when God touches you and awakens you to the reality of hell and eternity is a long time, you can't help but be someone who would speak. And we need to be have, we need to have grace. We need to have love. And I, God knows I've said the right thing without love. That's sin also. Love also crucifies. Love rebukes. Love corrects. Love spanks. In the New Testament, you see John the Baptist. He spoke. And I'll read this to you. Mark 6. Verse 17, for Herod himself had given orders for John to be arrested and had him bound and put in prison. And he did this, he persecuted John the Baptist because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, Jezebel, by another name, who he had married. 
I don't know why they don't say that. That's, oh, she's got a, he's got a spirit of Herodias. Why don't they say that? Like, oh, that's a Jezebel. That's a Herodias spirit. Same thing. John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. He's not afraid of losing his head. He's, he's gonna speak the truth. He's the last Old Testament prophet, if I could say that that way. Jesus also spoke to government and rebuked their hypocrisy and said, look at the coin. Whose inscription's on the coin? Caesar. Then give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Give to God what is God's. We need, listen, the separation between church and state is a bunch of bunk. We as a church have got to speak out. And the church played a significant role in the Revolutionary War. You've heard me say it. We're in another war. We're in a culture war right now. We might not have an actual revolution, although some people want to bring it to that. It's time to speak. Don't you back off. Don't you let up. You be full of God, full of faith, and watch God elevate and promote you. And there, there will be displays of God's power. It might be behind political walls where nobody can hear about it. You won't read it on CNN or Fox News or MSNBC. But HNN, you'll hear it there. Hell's News Network has heard all about it. As God's people stand up and proclaim and declare the word of the Lord. I've heard it actually reported that Planes, plane loads of demons are leaving Alaska at an unprecedented rate. All right. That's not scriptural, Pastor, because the demons don't ride planes. They just, okay. I, I, it's a joke. Okay. There's such a push for a secular state. And it was never the founder's intention to make a secular state. It, a democracy does not work without God. Without the word even, our founding fathers envisioned two institutions, church and state, but both, everybody say both, both were to be under God. Let me read this to you. Benjamin Franklin said this, I have lived, sir, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs the affairs of men. And this is why they're putting together the Constitution and trying to make all of these things they're having this meeting. They've been meeting for four to five weeks at the time of Benjamin Franklin's speech here. Four to five weeks, and they've gotten basically nowhere. And to read his whole speech is awesome, but this is just the end part. That God governs the affairs of men, and that if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, it is probable that an empire cannot rise without his aid. We have been assured, sir, that in the sacred writings, that except the Lord build, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this, and also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall, pardon me, without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. We shall be divided by our little political local interests. Our projects will be confounded and ourselves shall become a reproach and a byword down to the future age. And what is worse, mankind may hereafter from this unfortunate instance despair of establishing governments by human wisdom and leave it to chance, war, and conquest. He goes on to say, there, I therefore beg leave to move then 
Henceforth, prayers imploring the assistance of heaven. Prayers imploring the assistance of heaven and its blessings on our deliberations be held in this assembly every morning before we proceed to business and that one or more of the clergy of this city be requested to officiate in that service. Our, our nation was founded on God's word. Imperfect, definitely. Racism, most definitely. All kinds of problems, all kinds of challenges, yet go study history and you'll find no other nation like this one. And there is no other nation like this that has moved the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ out into the, 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 the highways and the byways and the nations of the world. We have sent out more missionaries and well, that doesn't make you right. No, 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 it doesn't. We need to continue to repent. We need to press in. But if the church is silenced in this hour, we're going to have a big problem. I mean, we already have a big problem because the church is quiet. Governments attempted to mute the collective voice of the church. I will not be. I can't be. I won't be silent. And it's easy to say when somebody's not camped out around your house trying to kill you and your family like they are for my friend. That's happening for a friend of mine. And, and you know who it is. I'm just not going to tell you their name for the sake of the broadcast. He's totally being persecuted. But he's full of fire. He's just made for war. The guy's made for war. I know a few other people like that. Even prayer was removed from our public schools in 1962. And go look at a graph from 1962. Look at a graph. And, and crime and pregnancy and everything goes straight up from 1962. Oh, there was great upset when it happened, but it still happened. Got to understand that God wants you to be his voice. God wants you to be his hands extended. Worship team, please. We've got to understand why God wants us to speak. Understand. Why? Because people have a distorted picture about God. People do not understand the God of the, of the word. They have a God of their own understanding. And religion and tradition have destroyed many people's faith. And leaders who have failed, and on and on and on and on. We need to speak because there's a distortion out there that needs to be corrected. God's word, a lamp unto a feet, light upon our path, that God's a loving God. God wants us to be, God wants to be seen as who he really is. How's that gonna happen? Through you, through me, through us, through the church, a real church living, active, declaring the word sharper than anything else. He wants to be seen by what he's done in history. Feed on what he's done in history because what he did in a bygone generation, he can do in this one. Oh, and I could go on and on to tell you miracle stories of healing and power. We must testify. You got to testify. When's the last time, don't raise your hand or shout it out. When's the last time you led somebody to Christ? When's the last time you actually brought somebody to church? I'm not saying that to condemn you. I'm saying it to stir you. The answer to America is an on-fire church speaking out and getting involved in the political process. But if we, if it, listen, you're gonna look for some big church on a hill or some faraway land. You, we, we are the church right here before the building. Oh, when we get the building, <laughs> now, right now, invite your neighbors, invite your friends. Why? Because God is an ever-present help in time of trouble. And he will heal them. He will help them. He wants to use you on Facebook. Wants to use, wants to use you on Instagram. 
Why don't we testify? Why don't we witness? We're afraid of being rejected. People are afraid to testify because of human limitations. What if they don't like me? They already don't like you. It was interesting, and these eight guys, you know, I, I, I'm not, I can't say for certain because I'm the one that spoke up first in the sauna with a 14-year-old taking the Lord's name in vain so many times, I just wanted to slap him. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You don't know what I'm talking about. I'm going to just telling you, it bothers me. I, you take the Lord, I understand it, not a believer, I get it. But like he said, it's so much that I'm just going to have to stop. Like, can you stop? Oh, I could, yeah, you could say no. It's a free country. Yeah, for now. It's a free country. I can say what I want to. And at that point, I'd be like, well, you know, I'm not going to get in a fight with a 14-year-old. So I'd probably get up, rebuke him, correct him. And if he wants to keep mouthing off, I would leave. I could do that. That's free. You know, he had enough respect to, you know, it could be that I was at least 100 pounds muscle more than him. So maybe maybe that played played a role. I don't know. Why don't we testify our human limitations? Fear stops us. Be convinced, as Jeremiah was, of the power of God's word. We must make ourselves available to be used by God in all ways, all the time, giving reason for the hope that lies within us. Did you get something? Every head bowed, every eye closed. You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time. You want to believe, you believe that Jesus died in your place, rose again from the grave. You want to give your heart to Christ for the first time. Or perhaps you used to live for Jesus and you know right now you're convicted that, that you're not living for him for 100%. And, and you need to recommit your whole heart, give your whole life to God all across this place, those online. Nobody moving around, please. Service is almost done. Give your heart to Jesus first time or make a recommitment to him. If that's you, on the count of three, slip your hand up. One, two, three. Won't you do it now? God bless you, son. God bless you. I see that hand, sir. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand over there. Thank you. Hallelujah. Would you all stand up on your feet? Now, if you raised your hand or you didn't, but you know you need to be included in this prayer, I'm going to invite you in just a moment to come and meet me right here. And I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer. In the simple prayer, it's not like you're joining this church. You're giving your, your life to Christ and you're having your sins forgiven. You need to find a good church, and this is a great one. And there's others. So, as worship team begins to sing. If you raised your hand or you didn't, you know you need to be included. Step out from where you are and meet me right here. And we'll pray together and then we'll close our service tonight. There's others that are coming with you. Come on. Oh, come to the altar. Come on, come. The Father's arms are open wide. Come on, come. There's room for you. Come right now. Don't wait. Come now. Right with God, all across this place. Jesus Christ, oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness is where it all starts. Pray this prayer right.
right out loud, those online here in the congregation, there'll be many others praying with you, reaffirming their faith in Christ. And so just pray with me right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Wash and cleanse me now. Become my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.